The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Nathan Chen is a three-time world champion figure skater from the United States. He took a bronze medal in the team event home with him from Pyeongchang 2018. But some nerves meant he performed below his usual sublime best at the last Olympics. Chen is 22 now and has matured into one of the best performers on the circuit. Away from figure skating, he's been studying at Yale, skateboarding, playing basketball and also playing guitar. He joined Nick McCarville to play a few tunes and also talk about the Olympic season. Olympic Channel Podcast. I'm just going to like randomly play like little riffs and stuff. Do it. Okay. Riff away. Sure. My hands are so cold. excited for the season um, of course this is a very big season it's the Olympic season of course once ha it only happens once every four years so all of the skaters are very excited and, and ready for the season to start um, I haven't actually began competing quite yet um, but I am really looking forward to my Grand Prix and yeah I mean the Olympics are always a big deal of course they have to be and you know every competition leading up to the Olympics is a good opportunity to learn and, and get better so that by the time the Olympics happens, you can hopefully be at your peak. Um, and, you know, I have a really great team behind me, so we're trying to do the very best that we can to do the best that we can at the Olympics. It is a little different for you though this season because you aren't doing a senior B or a challenger or whatever before. So how does that differentiate for you starting the season at a Grand Prix? This will be interesting not having any sort of senior Bs to, to, to go before the, the Grand Prix season. But to be fair, I think in my career, I've only had like maybe one or two senior Bs. So it's not something that is, has become such a habit of, of my season. Um, although that being said, I generally go to Japan early in the season to do Japan Open. And unfortunately, due to the pandemic, that's unavailable to me this year. But even so, you know, I've had a lot of experience in the past preparing for Grand Prix. Um, again, I have a really great team that's sort of helping me get through this, this time and make sure that by the time the Grand Prix happen, I should be, you know, at a, at a place where I would like to be. And remain competitive and, you know, ultimately just looking forward to the Grand Prix. Tell us about when you look at the Olympic season and creating these programs, obviously, it's really cool that Shaylin, you're able to work with her more closely. But what are some of the other details, whether it be dance class or off ice work, or what have you found now that you're trying to implement into the season for you? This season, most of my work is definitely with Shaylin. Um, you know, she sort of oversees all of my choreography, all of my steps, all of my movement. Um, but there are a few other um, individuals that I've been working with over the past few seasons. Um, a lady named Michelle Mills, um, who uh, is very, very well versed in the world of ballet, um, has been helping me a lot with just cleaning things up artistically, uh, making sure that, you know, the packaging looks good and all of that. And then, of course, the rest of the time is spent with Raphael and the rest of my coaching team, making sure that obviously technique is there, but the whole package and the whole picture is there as well. 
How much is Shaylin actually being here? Like, have you guys gotten closer? It seems like she has developed into quite the mentor for you. Absolutely. I think Shaylin just has a very amazing mindset and personality. Um, she brings a lot of positivity to the rink, um, especially when you know things start get a little start getting a little bit stressful. We definitely need some positivity. Um, and I, I just really like the way that she sort of rationalizes the world, rationalizes movement, rationalizes like artistry. Um, it's just in a way that it doesn't feel at all pretentious, but just very, you know, very genuine, very, very pure and um, something that I definitely would like to embody myself. Um, and she just does it with so much ease and it's like incredible to be able to see. From 2018 through to now, how do you feel like you've changed as a person and what are some of the things that you feel like you've learned about yourself that you're trying to put out onto this, this thing where there's all this pressure, but it seems like you've been able to mature over the years? I mean, I really love figure skating and I love being on the ice and I love competing. Um, and I think that sometimes when things get really stressful, it's easy to lose sight of that and just focus on, you know, outcomes and results and those, those type of things. And I think that's definitely really uh, harmful to you know, development as an, as an athlete, as a skater. Um, I think the first thing that sh should be remembered as, as a skater while you're training or competing is just how much and why you enjoy it so much. And I think that's definitely something that I've learned over the past few years, especially not being able to skate full time over the, with, right after the Olympics when I went to college for two years um, till the start, of pan the start of the pandemic where I was restricted again on the ice. And then now I finally have free reign of, of training time. So, you know, just being able to recognize how, how fortunate, how lucky, um, I am to, to be able to have this opportunity to be on the ice and train and do the thing that I love every single day and definitely not lose sight of that. You were talking a little bit about the like rest and recovery and the mentality of where it was, where it is now. Where does mental health come into that for you and how have you tried to even in your own ways take better care of that for you? Mm -hmm. I think definitely mental health is a is a constant, uh, you know, work in progress for every single person. Um, I'm starting to work with a sports psychologist and, you know, it's been really, really helpful having someone to talk to, um, both in the world of sport and the world out of sport as well. You know, there are always things that um, help you along your journey and there are other things that'll hinder you on your journey. So it's, it's really helpful to be able to recognize which is which and be able to um, try to emphasize the things that are beneficial. I started working with my sports psychologist about a year ago, I would say. Actually, not quite that long. I would say after Worlds of last season. So, you know, for a couple of months, we've been working together now. Um, and he's been awesome. He's uh, very well experienced, works with a lot of great people. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just great to be able to have like fresh perspectives on how to, you know, how to gear my mindset, how to prepare myself mentally. Um, I would say he's definitely more of a, you know, mental performance coach. Um, but still at the same time, of course, he's, you know, a psychologist uh, at heart. So it's, it's nice to be able to have that on my team as well. Take us with you, like center ice, your name is called, whether it be a senior B or the, or the Olympics, like what are the emotions or feelings that run through you and how have you kind of learned to harness that better over the years? So as soon as I start my program or I get on the ice for my competitions, you know, it starts off being like, what are the most important things to focus on technically, at least for me? Um, like what are the key points that I have to remember to make sure that I can skate as well as I would like to skate. Um, and then as soon as the music clicks on, it's much easier to like sort of gear into this, the story or whatever it is that um, either I have come up with or Shaylin has helped me come up with. Um, but ultimately, you know, once the music starts, you're trying to 
delve into a character that's not necessarily your own. Um, and it can be your own, it can, it doesn't necessarily have to be your own. And it really depends on the music, it depends on the program and the content and the character. Um, but I think ultimately when it comes down to the feeling of being on the ice, um, it, it's, there's a really huge music tie-in and sort of that's how I'm able to switch into, into the character of whoever I'm skating to. I think being able to find the balance between you know, the movement and the music and, and then of course the technical elements. Um, number one comes down to training, you know, how you're able to train it. A lot of this is, it's, this is a routine that we've done many, many, many times in training. So it's not something that we're doing for the first time in competition. Um, so a lot of the places to breathe, the places to rest, the places to um, attack, they're all pre-planned essentially um, and, and, you know, trained in day after day. Um, but then on top of that, of course, like at competition, there's a whole bunch host, whole host of other variables that perhaps you weren't really predicting or um, it's just it's of course like having people to watch you having judges that are judging you it's of course it's a very different experience um, but again I just try to remember and tap back into the music and that's something that you know I always try to skate to music that I really love even if I wasn't skating to it it's something that I would listen to um, and that helps me just you know stay grounded stay geared into what I'm trying to attempt um, and then just either allow my body to go in autopilot or just focus on few things and try to keep my, my mind uh, as clear as possible. I felt like we already kind of talked about this a little bit, but when you look at the mental health piece and you want to give advice to younger skaters who are coming up, what do you feel like are a couple of the things that you've learned that you want to say, oh, this is how you can better take care of you? I think there are definitely a few things that I would like to, if I had the opportunity to tell my younger self or, you know, other younger skaters, um, it's number one, build a great team around you. Um, you know, fortunately I've been finding the right pieces to bring into my team and, and people that can help me. Um, you know, one person can't do everything. You know, you need to have a whole host of people that are experienced in different sort of avenues that can help you towards your goals. Um, and I'm just really lucky to have the people that I, that I have. Um, and then on top of that, you know, those people will do their jobs and they will, and you have to like have faith that they will do that. And the rest of the time, focus on your, what your roles are. Um, but, when you're no longer in that specific skating role, switch over to a role that is, whether it's, you know, for yourself or hanging out with other people, but you have to switch into a different role that's not skating or not athletic based. And I think that's something that, that I've learned to sort of, sort of do. Um, I think that it's really easy to, to skate and then focus on skating and go home and still think about skating. Um, and that just doesn't give you the time to sort of rest and recover the way that you should. Um, and I think that, you know, inherently puts a lot of stress on ourselves and is, you know, detrimental to our mental health. Walk us through a little bit about this season, the programs that you've chosen and the team that you've worked with to make those programs happen. So this season, um, I did both of my programs with Shaylin Bourne, um, and she's someone that I've worked with in the past. and. We have an excellent relationship and she's done really cool work for me that I've really appreciated. Um, and she's, she happened to move to California not long ago. I'm based in California and that's where I train. So um, it's been really nice to be able to see her, you know, multiple times a week, um, continue working on the program since that's definitely an area that I know that I have the most room for improvement. Um, and, you know, definitely I know that she is extremely qualified and, and has been putting in great work already and really excited for this content. Um, tell us about when you look at the Olympic season and creating these programs, obviously it's really cool that Shaylin, you're able to work with her more closely, but what are some of the other details, whether it be dance class or off ice work, or what have you found now that you're trying to implement into the season for you? This season, 
most of my work is definitely with Shaylin. Um, you know, she sort of oversees all of my choreography, all of my steps, all of my movement. Um, but there are a few other um, individuals that I've been working with over the past few seasons. Um, a lady named Michelle Mills, um, who uh, is very, very well versed in the world of ballet, um, has been helping me a lot with just cleaning things up artistically, uh, making sure that, you know, the packaging looks good and all of that. And then, of course, the rest of the time is spent with Raphael and the rest of my coaching team, making sure that obviously technique is there, but the whole package and the whole picture is there as well. How much is Shaylin actually being here? Like, have you guys gotten closer? It seems like she is developed into quite the mentor for you. Absolutely. I think Shaylin just has a very amazing mindset and personality. Um, she brings a lot of positivity to the rink, um, especially when, you know, things start, get a little, start getting a little bit stressful. We definitely need some positivity. Um, and I, I just really like the way that she sort of rationalizes the world, rationalizes movement, rationalizes like artistry. Um, it's just in a way that it doesn't feel at all pretentious, but just very, you know, very genuine, very, very pure and um, something that I definitely would like to embody myself. Um, and she just does it with so much ease and it's like incredible to be able to see. I feel like you've always been really good at like you've got skating obviously but you've got your life too and it feels like with the guitar and with basketball or your friends or hanging you know like how much do you feel like being able to switch off and not have it all always all be about figure skating how much has that helped you yeah not having the opportunity to not be a hundred percent of my life in skating and at this point in time, obviously, I grew up, I started skating when I was three years old. So skating is, no matter what I do, will be like very, very much tied in with my life. And, um, and of course, I love that. And I, I you know, I would, I would never change it for the world. Um, but also now having had the experience to go to college and recognize that there is a whole like world out there that is not skating. Um, and then realize that, you know, other things that I do in my life can sort of be reminiscent of that and allow me to explore new avenues, new hobbies and, and passions that aren't so tied in with the ice rink um, has definitely helped me, you know, I, I honestly be more efficient on the ice and and just enjoy my time on the ice more um, because I know that when I'm on the ice, that's like, that's my role, that's my job. And when I'm there, you know, I, I enjoy it as much as I can. And then as soon as I'm off the ice, like that's not really what I'm currently doing. So I'm going to try to stay present and do uh, and be engaged with what I'm currently doing that is not related to skating. Yale and the time you spent there, your schedule is much different than it is now. So being back, like what's been a couple of the things that you've enjoyed being back in California, comfort zone, yeah. sort of, you know, all these different pieces of the puzzle, but what have you enjoyed the most? I've definitely missed being at school and I'm really excited to go back to school after the season. Um, it has been nice though, being back in California, obviously having more time to be able to train, having, you know, my really awesome training mates um, along my side every day that I'm here. Um, and just having a little bit more structure in terms of like, you know, not having so many random variables thrown at me um, around my skating. It's a, very uh, um, it's a very structured schedule, so I can come in at the time that I know that I'll be there, um, rather at school, like, oh, I have an exam today. Okay, I can't, you know, skate at this particular time. There's a lot going on. Now it's just a lot more consistent. I can come in at the same time every day. I can do the, the work that I need to do. Um, and that's definitely been really helpful. And then also just being back in California, the weather's awesome, you know, I'm close to the beach, so. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great place to be. Yuzuru Hanyu has earned in the free program 206.17 points What are the things that you feel like you've 
learned from Yuzu over the years and what do you appreciate about what he's continued to do in the sport too? Yuzu Hanyu is definitely, I think, the perfect quote-unquote icon of, of figure skating. Um, someone that I've looked up to since he was in the juniors, um, you know, nailing triple axles when I was barely doing triples. Um, and it was just, you know, he was, he was, you know, someone who, I think the most impressive thing about him is that he's like truly a multi-generational athlete and he succeeded, you know, in a time that I wasn't really there. He succeeded in a time that was his own and then he succeeded in the time that like I'm currently at. Um, and, you know, he's, he's really spanned three generations of extremely, extremely talented skaters and consistently like winning at all of these different generations. Um, so it just really goes to show how much talent and, and drive he has and, you know, winning two Olympics is not an easy feat. And then to continue after winning two Olympics and still having the motivation and still pushing yourself is just, I, is something that I will never be able to, to be able to obtain. Um, and, and something that is incredibly inspiring. Um, and of course he's really pushed the sport of figure skating, um, in a way that's never been really seen before. So to be, you know, just in this, in this path of figure skating, um, while he's sort of paving it, it's just incredible. It seems like you guys over the years have developed this special, I don't know if you call it friendship or relationship or what it is, but it's not quite, you know, people build things up in certain ways. What has that been like to kind of get to know Yuzu away from him being a champion skater? I think the thing that I love, not necessarily the most, but a really big thing that I like about skating is just the fact that when we're on the ice, we're on the ice by ourselves. And, you know, the relationship with all the competitors is like, we're not on the ice and we're not currently fighting with this person one-to-one, -one, you know? So there isn't that sort of, that sort of competitiveness that is like built around either fear or, you know, distaste for the person. It's just like, we're on the ice, we do the best that we can. When we're off the ice, we're no longer in the field of, field of play. We're no longer competitors, we're just people, you know? And I think that's something that's really special. And this sport allows us to have these sort of relationships. Um, and, you know, I think through that, we've, we've been able to create a relationship that is, of course, intensely competitive on the ice. Um, no matter what we're going to do, both of us are going to do the very best that we can to try to win. And that's what we're there to do. Um, but off the ice, like we're no, that's not our roles. That's not what we're doing. We're, we can be people, we can be friends. We can, you know, try to support each other, challenge each other, um, help each other be better. And, um, and I think that's the coolest thing about skating. And that's definitely, of course, I have that with Yuzu, but I have that with a lot of other skaters as well. And, um, you know, again, just really special about that sport, about this sport. look back at the Olympic season in 17-18, what do you feel like you learned, if anything, that you're trying to apply to what you're doing this season? I think the biggest thing that I learned from the 2017-2018 season and just all of my competitions in general, my career in skating, um, <clears throat> it's just that every day I think that athletes come in with the mentality that, you know, we're here to work as hard as we possibly can and by the time we get home we should be ex mentally, physically exhausted. And that, well, I think that there is some truth to that like we definitely need to work really hard and we need to continue pushing ourselves forward and we have to be resilient and, and, and you know constantly strive to improve um there is another component of you know rest recovery you know and, and being just general wellness that i think a lot of people or maybe when i was younger maybe i wouldn't generalize to most people but definitely when i was younger i didn't realize it was so important um and i think the 2017 2018 season specifically was just a really really stressful time um I was obviously set on, on trying to make that Olympic team and hopefully win a medal. Um, and I think my thought process was that if I, you know, spend an extra four hours in the rink, an extra, you know, whatever amount of time working out and training, I would be able to make that happen. And I, that 
ended up taking away from my rest time and my recovery time. So I never, I felt like I was starting to stagnate and not improve and that took a hit on my confidence. So I think, I think the biggest thing right now is just learning how to balance, you know, pushing hard on the ice, but also giving yourself time to request, to rest, recover, um, and generally take care of yourself. I mean, athletes often talk about learning from your losses. And I think what you just said there is so interesting to me of like being afraid of failure. So you felt it obviously in Pyeongchang, especially those two short programs. So does that like open you up? Did it feel, or does it feel like now you, you're able to say, oh, I learned that that happened and I'm, I'm still standing. Has that been instrumental or, or part of where you are now? I think we definitely learned the best from our, from our mistakes. Um, and both from just being like, hey, why did that happen to how can I prevent that? Um, so I think that, you know, having had that experience, having had that experience obviously was not fun and it's not something that I would want to do again. Um, but I, yeah, like that happened. I'm still who I am. I still had, you know, opportunities to continue competing in the future. Um, I've still been able to continue striving towards my goals. Um, so regardless of what happens, you know, I still will be alive. I'll still continue working and, and trying to do what I want to do. And win or lose, it doesn't really change me as a person. So at this point in time, you know, I just want to, again, just enjoy this experience as much as I can. I want to be able to look back on my Olympic experience, you know, five, 10 years down the line and be like, you know, I really enjoyed my time preparing for the Olympics. And I think, you know, of course, like as, a, as an athlete, you remember like the good moments and the bad moments in competing, but the very intricate details, I are not always remembered, you know, but it's more about like that. How did I feel? How was that journey? Like, you know, who did I meet along the way? Like what sort of, what experience was it like to get there? And I think that's what I remember a lot more than like the specific, oh, I landed this specific jump at this specific time, you know? Like, I think that's definitely something that I would like to make sure to remember as I'm training up to the Olympics and, and you know, just be able to have this opportunity to, to look back and be really happy with the whole journey of, this, of, of the Olympics. Okay, so it's mid-September. You and I were talking before we started that Beijing is so soon. <laughs> When you look at Beijing, when you look at the Winter Olympics, what comes to mind and what does success look like at the Olympics? I'm just really excited for the season. Going to 2017, 2018 season, um, I never really wanted to verbalize this, but it was just like I wanted to win. That was the whole reason why I was training for that season. Um, and of course, that's definitely still my drive. Like on the ice, like I'm saying, like I'm going to try to compete as best as I can on the ice. Um, but, the, but at the same time, you know, having had that experience at the Olympics and knowing what it's like to, to sort of fail at, on the biggest stage, you know, it's nothing to really be afraid of. Um, and I think that having that mentality definitely allows me to be like, ultimately when it comes down to it, like if I'm able to just put out programs that I feel satisfied with, not win or lose, you know, that's something that's one out of my control and two, just something that I, sh you know, is not really helpful to think about, but just focus on, you know, every single step from now until the Olympics, do the steps as best as I can. Um, and prepare as best as I can. So by the time I get to the Olympics, you know, whatever I do, as long as I try my very best, like I'll be happy and fulfilled with the, with the result. Um, and that's definitely the approach that I'm having now in my mindset going to the Olympics. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for the season and looking forward to uh, doing, and doing my best to qualify a spot for the Olympics. You have won three world titles since 2018. Obviously those golds. You just said that that season you wanted to win and things didn't work out for you. So then how do you kind of marry the two? And do you put that expectation of winning in Beijing? No, I don't think I would really like to, you know, put myself in the position like I want to or I have to win in Beijing. Of course, I want to. Every single athlete wants to go to the Olympics and win. But, um, you know, that is just something that's so out of my control. And, you know, the more I try to think about that and the more I'm like, I'm there to win, I'm there to to be everyone 
you know, truthfully, I think the worst I'll skate. Um, and I just, at this point in time, you know, that's not something that I think I will be able to look back on and really enjoy. I think that'll just be a stressful and really just painful time. And if that's like my one target, um, however, if it's more broad and just more about development and growth, I think I'll definitely look, be able to look back and enjoy it more. Out of like all of this, you know, obviously the pandemic has been really challenging for everyone, but what's been kind of the one thing as you get into a second Olympic year that you feel like you do love the most about what you do day in and day out? I think the thing that I love the most is just to be able to see all my friends and, and the people that, you know, I love every single day at the rink. Um, and we're all, you know, working very hard and, and striving towards our goals. So to be able to have this collective time together and, um, you know, be able to watch my friends improve and, and succeed and, and do the things that they want to do in their lives um, is really cool. So I think that's definitely the thing. Because, of course, during the pandemic, we were if I even if I had time on the ice, it was maybe with one or two other people and, you know, masks on, couldn't see other people's faces. It was like, don't talk, don't do anything, just get your work off, work, get your work on the ice and leave. Um, but now it's a lot more like we can talk, we can have our friendships on the ice as well as continue trying to push each other and, and do better. Olympic Channel Podcast. Massive thanks to Nathan and also to Nick. You can follow Nick on Twitter just as Nick McCarvel. And Nathan is Nathan W. Chen on Instagram. I'm Eddie Knowles with a nine and eight. And we are simply Olympics across all social media. Okay, that's it for now. Stay safe, stronger together. And we'll see you very soon. Think like an Olympian. Olympian.